Amen, amen, amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here with us. Those of you that, you know, and took on the dangerous weather out there. Uh, those of you joining us on the website through the live stream, we want to say thank you for joining us there as well. Uh, I get it. I only live three minutes away, so it was easy for me to get here. But thank you for being intentional and joining us on the live stream for this evening as well. I want to talk to you guys about miracles for a moment. I want to talk to you about faith to receive them. In Matthew chapter 8, Starting in verse 1, we get back-to-back stories of miracles, and I want, to just, I want to show them to us. Matthew 8, verse 1, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him, and a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Can we just stop for a second and reflect on this story? What's happening? We have a man who is in desperate need. He's got leprosy. He's exiled. And he shows up before Jesus, and his comment is this. If you're willing, you can make me clean. This man had faith in the ability of Jesus. He said, I know you can. What he was questioning was the desire. Do you want to do this for somebody like me? Can I tell you why this story is in the Bible? It's so that you and I, when we feel the same way, I know that God can do this miracle. It's not a question about his ability, but I wonder if he'll do it for me. This story is there for you so that you can read it and you can see how Jesus responds to those who come to him in faith and say, I know that you can. Will you do it even for me? Jesus says, yes, this story is here to build your faith. Even when... You're not sure he wants to do it for you. It's there to build your faith. Then we go right into another miracle, starting in verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, this is not an Israelite. This is a pagan man. A centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but you just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. A pagan man. Jesus says, this pagan man has greater faith than anyone I've ever seen in Israel. This is actually really wild to me. But what's the difference between the leper and the pagan man? The leper believed in the ability. The pagan man believed in the authority. And both stories are put right there together. Why? Because I think the gospel authors are trying to tell us something. That there's nothing outside of the authority of Jesus. 
He's king of kings and Lord of lords. There is nothing outside of his authority, so much so that it wasn't an Israelite, it wasn't a Hebrew, it wasn't a Jewish person who came and said, I know you have the authority to do this. It was someone outside of the covenant family. It was a pagan man who showed up and said, you have the authority to do this. And I understand. And Jesus says, when he saw that man's faith in his authority, he said, that's the greatest faith I've ever seen. You know what else I love about both of these stories is that both of them highlight how it's not about us. Us receiving a miracle isn't really about us. It's not about us having great prayers that just impress Jesus. That's not what impressed him. It was that they believed that Jesus was capable. This is why everyone's prayers matter, by the way. Because it's not about how long you've been following Jesus. It's not about how eloquent you are when you pray. It's not about how much of the scripture you have memorized. That's not what impresses Jesus. What impresses him is how much do you believe that he's capable, that he's able, that he's willing, and that he absolutely has the authority to do so. Can I share something else with you that I find amazing? Is that the centurion says, no, you don't even have to come. The leper, had to be, the leper was touched. The centurion says, no, you don't even have to show up. You just speak it. And Jesus says, this man has greater faith than anyone I've ever seen in Israel, which is shocking to Jesus. And I think here's why. The Israelites knew Genesis chapter 1. You do too. How did, how did God create everything? He spoke. There was enough authority in his voice that when he spoke, things just came to existence. Somehow the centurion believed so much in the authority of Jesus that he didn't even need Jesus to show up in his house. Jesus could just speak. And it would happen. It's like this man knew something that the people who were literally raised in the covenant of God's relationship with Amram, they had forgotten it somehow. And so Jesus responds to this. So we learn these two important things. Jesus responds to faith. And that the faith that really impresses him is about us just absolutely being convinced Jesus can do whatever he wants to. He can do whatever he wants to. As we come tonight for a personal prayer, and we're going to be praying over these prayer requests, I want you to know that you get to be somebody's centurion tonight. The leper came for himself, but the centurion came on someone else's behalf. Some of you are going to be seeking your own needs during these 21 days of prayer, but a lot of us get the opportunity to be a centurion that just picks up somebody else's need and brings it to the feet of Jesus through prayer. And to just dare to believe, to dare to trust that Jesus has the authority and the ability and the desire to meet those needs. This brings us to another question. I want to wrestle with this a little bit with you. When we pray, we're not praying, questioning whether or not Jesus has the ability to answer our prayers or whether or not he has the authority to do so. The biggest question we have is how and when will it happen? If you have faith in Jesus, your biggest two questions aren't can he, will he, does he have the ability to, it's when will you do it and how will you do it? And I just want to encourage you all with this. Miracles they come in all shapes and sizes in the scriptures. And I think it's that way for a reason. When Jesus turned water into wine, this is kind of baffling, just think about it. When Jesus turned water into wine, the first thing that had to happen was the servants had to go and fill the jars with water. And I go, why? He's Jesus. He was there at the beginning when creation was made. Could he not have just spoke and water filled the jars and then he could have turned it? Why did the servants have to go get the water? Could he not have just made the water show up? Better yet, why did he make water show up? Couldn't he have just spoken wine would have showed up in those jars? But there was a process to that miracle. And we don't understand why it happened the way that it did. We just know that it happened, 
right? How come Jesus with the leper in Matthew chapter 8, the leper just shows up and says, will you heal me? And Jesus reaches out and touches him and says, yeah, be clean, and he is. But then when the 10 lepers show up, and they want healed. Jesus doesn't touch them. Jesus doesn't heal them right away. Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. And as they're going along, as they're walking in obedience to the word of Jesus, then they receive the healing. Why was it different? Why did they not experience the same things? I think of Lazarus. Jesus knew Lazarus was sick. Jesus knew Lazarus was dying. And Jesus took his good old time getting there. In fact, the disciples questioned him, why aren't we, like, why aren't we going? And Jesus is like, it'll be all right. Jesus intentionally waited. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that if you come to Jesus like the leper and the centurion, confident, you have faith that Jesus is able, that Jesus wants to, and that he's got the authority to. The only question left is how and when are you going to do it? And the Gospels and the whole Bible story is letting us know he's trustworthy. It's probably not going to happen the way you want it to. It's probably not going to happen in the time frame that you want it to but you can always trust him to be faithful. That's what we have tonight, is we have, we have this confidence that God will be faithful, that God's not missing us when we pray, that God's not ignoring us, that we're not impressing him with our prayers, and that's why they're maybe not getting answered. No, there's a purpose behind God's process for bringing about miracles in people's lives, and we get to trust him in the journey. So we're going to pray boldly tonight for these prayer requests. I'm inviting you, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, your prayers matter because it's not about the person praying. It's about the one who's going to respond. That's all that matters is that he's able to. So let's pray boldly for these things tonight. And let's just believe, God, that as we bring them to the feet of Jesus through prayer, Jesus is actually moving, and he's responding to every single one of them. Amen? Amen. Would you guys stand up? We're going to worship. One more time, and then we'll get into our personal prayer.
Church, we're moving into our corporate prayer time, and just as a reminder, this is where we all pray together. Uh, I don't want to be praying by myself up here, so I'm going to lead us in a topic, and as I just lead us through this topic, we're going to be praying through the armor of God tonight. As I lead us through this topic, just I might say something that just brings something to your mind. You start interceding for that thing, and preferably out loud, because it's really weird to just hear myself talk uh, when it's supposed to be corporate prayer. So I just invite you, you don't have to scream it, but pray it loud enough that you can hear it. Like we want to make a little rumble in the house tonight. And then if you're on live stream, pray out loud right there where you are as you think of stuff. Let's just get after it. So, Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. And we acknowledge that your word teaches us that our battles, our struggles, they're not against other people. They're against spiritual powers. You show us in your word that there's an actual enemy who's trying to destroy us. But God, you love us, and you've given us everything that we need to wage a good warfare in the spiritual realm. So no matter what's going on in our lives, Father, if we're dealing with sin, Father, if we're doing, dealing with relational issues with family members, Father, if there's financial struggles, if there's a need for healing, you have given us everything that we need to wage a good warfare. And in fact, you tell us that after we've done everything to stand, to just keep on standing. Because you're the one that gives us strength. So right now, just for a few moments, Father, we just want to ask you to give us strength. 
God, give us your strength, no matter what it is that we're standing in faith for, Father, whether it's for relational healing, Father, maybe there are marriages that are struggling that need healing, Father, give them the strength of Christ to stand and believe, God, that you will bring about healing in that relationship. If there are struggles between parents and their children, Father, give them the strength to just keep standing another day, Father, believing that you're going to bring about breakthrough. For those of us who are believing for, God, financial provision, God, give us the strength to just keep on standing, Father, because you're faithful. You're faithful, and we declare that you are not working against us. You're working all things out for the good of those who love you, Father. So we know that you're at work behind the scenes when we can't see it. So, Father, help us to stand. Help us to stand. Father, we thank you for the armor that you give us. God, we thank you for it because we know evil days are going to come against us. But, Father, we're not, we're not just victims. We're victors because you always lead us in victory in Jesus. And so we thank you for that, Father. God, we thank you for the belt of truth. God, there's a lot of lies out in the world. I may have believed some of them. Father, I might be tempted to believe the lie that you're not good enough to meet all of my needs. Father, it's a lie, and I put on the belt of truth that there is more than enough in your kingdom. You're the God of more than enough. You can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or imagine. That is truth, Father, that you care for us. God, you have provision for us, God, that you're making a way where there is no way. So, Father, we thank you for your truth that we can stand on. If we're in need of healing, Father, you are the healer. You are the good physician. So, Father, we just hold on to that truth, God. It's, it's holding our whole outfit together, your truth. God, it's what holds us together, and we thank you for your truth, Father. God, we thank you for the breastplate of righteousness. God, in your word, when you talk about our heart, it refers to the core of who we are as a person. It's just who we are in our entirety, and what protects us isn't our own righteousness, it's yours, because you've given us a breastplate of righteousness. God, our identity, who we are is safe in you. We don't have to believe the lies of the world. We don't have to believe the lies that we believe about ourselves. God, your righteousness is what's protecting us, and we thank you for it, God. We just give you praise and honor and glory that it's the righteousness of Jesus that's been given to us. So, Father, that means we're always in right standing with you. If our faith is in Jesus, we are always in right standing with you, and we can be at peace with you. God, I thank you that I can be at peace with you. That I don't have to live in fear thinking that I don't measure up to your love or your goodness. It's Jesus in me. And I thank you for that, Father. I thank you that our feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Father, that everywhere that we go, Father, it might look like warfare is happening everywhere all around us. But God, you send us out as peace bringers into your world. You said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. You send us out with your peace to bring peace everywhere that we go. Father, we just speak that over people's lives right now, Father, that the peace of God is going with them everywhere. As they walk into those doctor's appointments, they're going in the peace of God, Father. As they're going to work trying to make ends meet, they're going in the peace of God, knowing that you will make everything. God, you send us forth in peace. God, we just, we claim your peace right now. We need your peace. God, we need it. And we thank you that you give it to us. That, Father, every morning we can wake up and just rest in your peace and move throughout our day in your peace. You are so good to us, Father. We thank you, God, for your peace. God, we take up the shield of faith. 
God, you've given us this defensive weapon because you know there's an enemy who's seeking to destroy us and we have a weapon to defend against every attack of the kingdom of darkness and it is our faith in you. God, and you say that it's not just going to defend, it's going to extinguish, it's going to terminate, it's going to destroy what's coming against us. Father, so we just, we just lift it up. God, we lift it up in any area of our lives that we just need to be protected. Father, in any area of our life where we're being attacked attacked by demonic spiritual forces, Father, we just hold up our shield of faith and we say that God is our defender, that God is the one who will deliver us, that you, God, are standing before us as a shield, God. You surround us with your favor as a shield. So, Father, we just lift up the shield of faith and we extinguish every attack of the kingdom of darkness. We're not going to give in to it. We're not going to let it win, Father, but we are protected from every attack. You've given this to us, and we thank you for it, Lord. God, we put on the helmet of salvation. Father, in your word, salvation means to be complete, to be whole, to be lacking nothing. And, Father, you give this to us. You give salvation to us as a helmet because it's to protect our mind. How often have we lost battles in our mind? How often have we let our minds deceive us and trick us into thinking that you're not faithful or that you won't come through for us or that you won't deliver us or that you won't rescue us? It happens in our minds. How many times in our minds have we failed to believe what you speak about us, that we are loved by you, that we are forgiven by you, that we do have new life in you? You give us a helmet of salvation so that at all times we will reflect on and remember that, God, your salvation is complete. It's total. We're not lacking any good thing, and you've given that to us to guard our minds so that we keep ourselves in a healthy place. We thank you for it, Lord. God, and we thank you for the sword of your spirit, which is your word. God, you've given us what we need to go out and not just defend ourselves, to not just stand in good position with you in righteousness. You've not just given us truth. You've not just given us peace. Father, you've given us a weapon to actually go gain ground. You've given us a weapon to go gain ground. We're not supposed to stay stuck in places that once bound us. No, we have your sword of the spirit with which we can go and we can attack the kingdom of darkness and we can find life and we can find freedom and we can find victory through you and your word. So, Father, I pray that we're a people of the word. I pray that we're a people of the word. God, I pray that your word is our absolute truth in our lives, Father. God, I pray that any time something comes against us, but it doesn't line up with what you've said about us, Father, I pray that we'd whip out the sword of the Spirit and we'd go to war with that thing. And we'd just keep hacking at it until the only thing left is what is of you. God, I thank you that you've given us all of these things. God, you've given them to us to go and wage a good warfare. You've not abandoned us. You've not just said good luck. You've given us everything necessary. You've given us everything necessary. And, and Paul in Ephesians, he says, oh yeah, and pray in the Spirit. Father, above all else, you give us your very own Spirit dwelling inside of us, filling us with your very life. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is coursing through our bodies, filling us with divine power. God, I thank you that you do this for us. But God, I ask that we would rise up in it. Father, I pray we wouldn't take for granted what you've done for us. I pray that we wouldn't take for granted that your very spirit you have caused to dwell within us, Father. We are carrying you with us everywhere that we go into every battle that we face. Father, we are carrying you with us. And in the, in the Bible, every time you're somewhere, 
it goes well for the people who, you know, who are with you. So, Father, we just, right now, we just declare that it is well. That it is well. Just right now, over your situations, I just want you to start speaking, it is well because God is with me. It is well. God, that lack that I feel, it is well because you are with me. God, that healing that I need, it is well because you are with me. Father, those relationships that need mended, it is well because you are with me. God, that situation at work, it is well because you are with me. You will give me favor, God. It is well. It is well. No matter what happens in this life, it is well because you are with us. God, may we be a people who put on the armor every day, who live this life victoriously, victoriously because Jesus has given us the ability to do so. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We love you guys so much. We will pay attention to the Facebooks because the weather's supposed to get crazy. So we'll post on the Facebooks whether or not we're going to be actually here physically or just doing this all through live stream. So pay attention to Facebook. We'll see you sometime soon. God bless you all.